This is the Race Like a Girl podcast, where you always get a one of a kind RC talk experience from the female perspective. Our motto is to always strive to beat the guys. So without further ado, here are your fuel burning, four wheel drive turning hosts, Katie and Mackenzie. Welcome back to the Race Like a Girl podcast. We're super excited to get this episode out to you guys today because we have a very special guest on the podcast today. So first, we want to welcome back Nick. So Nick, thanks for always being on the podcast. Glad to be back. Hopefully be racing soon. Oh, I totally agree. And then our super special guest is Megan Tebow. So hey, Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. We're super excited. Um, we have been, well, I know I have personally been watching the Tebow show, and I feel <laughs> like I have learned so much about you that I didn't even know, and just really how involved you actually are in RC. And so since this is the Race Like a Girl podcast, we figured that you'd be a perfect guest for the show. Yeah. You probably learned how much I didn't know about the RC car, but (laughs) (laughs) my first kind of thought that I had, and you and I kind of talked about this before we started the podcast, but when I uh, first messaged your husband to be like, hey, Jared, so I have a podcast, it's called Race Like Girl, but we actually want Megan to be on the podcast. (laughs) What was Jared's reaction to being like, oh, they want you, not me on the podcast? He actually was really excited for me to be on the podcast. Kind of always wants me involved in the shows anyway, but I'm super awkward. And so I think he um, was excited for me to do it, um, but he knew I was going to be really nervous because I feel like I'm such an awkward person to talk to that um, he almost didn't ask me. And then um, he did ask me and and I said, yeah, I should. I I would love to do it. And he kind of was like, well, good, good. You should. I'm like, I'm so nervous. But he was, he was excited. He was excited for me to do it. That's awesome. I want to uh, ask you about the Tebow show because the Tebow show is obviously how I like felt the need to even reach out and try to get you on the podcast. So I feel like it's becoming such a popular show nowadays. And honestly, I think it's one of the ones that has the most likes and views out of any driver that's out there, especially when you all go live, you have like, Mm -hmm. you know, over 100 viewers every time that you guys go Facebook live. So kind of walk us through how that show got started. And what exactly is your role with the show? Um, It kind of got started, I was under the impression when Jared started the videos that um, techno kind of wanted him to do the videos, um, just to start, you know, just to kind of be out there, um, you know, show that he is trying to do something right now. Cause we, you know, you just feel like you need to be doing something, um, and just trying to interact with people, especially since it's so isolating. And so I was under the impression that he, that's what he wanted the, the sponsors wanted him to start doing. And so he just wanted me to film and I was like, okay, that's fine. I wasn't really 
I tried to give him ideas, but he kind of wants to, he wants ideas from me, but at the same time, he doesn't want ideas from me. So I was spouting off a lot of different ideas for shows, and um, and so yeah, I just kind of got started there, and um, yeah, I, I, that's basically it. it um, I was just the camera girl, and then. I don't know how it got started that it would turn to me. I think he just was like, hey, I think a lot of people have questions for you, too. And I'm like, oh, I, I definitely don't want to be interviewed. And he's like, oh, no, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And I don't know if you could tell how nervous I was for that interview, but I was extremely nervous. <laughs> yeah, so one episode was actually, like, all about you. And I thought it was super cool that the viewers could, like, interact and ask you specific questions. So how did the idea for that episode get started? Was it Jared's idea or your idea? Oh, it was all Jared's idea. I was like, I don't know. That just sounds terrifying. He's like, it'll be fun. We'll just ask you questions um, about the car, just see, see your knowledge. I'm like, okay. So then we, like, got downstairs. And I was like, man, I am really nervous. Like, what are you going to ask me? He's like, I'll ask you an easy one. Like, what's my car called? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. And he's like, Megan, the boxes are right there. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. So he's like, okay, let's go over some things. I'm like, well, it won't be authentic if you ask me everything. So I was, like, kind of torn. I'm like, I want it to be authentic. So don't ask me too many questions. But at the same time, I was kind of terrified how little or how much I thought I knew. And just, I think, I think just with the kids and stuff, I've just gotten to the point where I don't, you know, he'll spout off stuff after a race or um, just in general, he says a lot of stuff like after a race or if he's at a race, he'll call and he'll vent and he'll talk about a lot of stuff. And I don't want to ask questions because he's just venting. So then I don't really understand what he's saying or if things happen, um, uh, changing certain things so he'll say a lot of things but I don't really understand it so I don't really ask so then I just kind of lack my knowledge in general and so it was very apparent when uh, we started doing the video <laughs> I think it's awesome though and I think that the uh, viewers and listeners love the authenticity yeah <laughs> hopefully but it was terrifying to see people I knew that were watching especially one of my friends she was like, oh, I'm, hey, Megan. I'm like, oh, no, somebody I know is watching. Like, this is not good. So, obviously, your kids have been on the show a lot, too. So, just first, how interested are your kids in RC racing? Um, Rosalyn was really interested a couple years ago. And so, she was doing oval. She really liked it. I think, I think her big thing is just being able to hang out with dad. Um, so I think anything she can do to be able to hang out with them. So she kind of got into um, bikes a little bit. And then um, then she started kind of getting out of that and then went back into doing oval with Jared. And that was really fun for them. And she does want to start doing that again. So I think, honestly, it's just being able to hang out with dad. And then Cole, he honestly doesn't have really any interest at all. He did a little bit when he was younger. You know, he's still only five. But he um, he even said, I don't know if anyone caught on to it, the last video that we did, um, just like cooking with Jared's show, um, Cole even said, like, I have no interest in RC cars. <laughs> and I was a little surprised he said that. But, yeah, he doesn't really ever care. Even if, like, I have, like, live RC on, he doesn't really want to watch. 
And then Nash, I mean, he is just ate up on RC cars. He loves anything with wheels. And anytime he goes downstairs, it's just constantly, he gets all the cars out. Because Jared's kind of made like a little wall now. And they used to be um, on shelves. And he would just take them all down. He'd take the, the bodies off. And he is, he loves RC cars. So he's definitely going to be the one to get a car. But he's a mess. So I don't know how old he's going to need to be to start racing. On the last TiVo show, he was absolutely hilarious. He oh, has man. so much energy, and his excitement for RC car racing <laughs> is very, very evident because he was, like, all about being able to show his car. And I thought that was <laughs> so funny that Jared has all these cars and... <laughs> You know, he just his car's not even working. (laughs) Yeah, he just doesn't even care about all of dad's sweet cars that are on the wall. He's just like, hey guys, come look at my car. Oh, he (laughs) was so proud. It may not even have wheels on it, but I'm just like really excited to show you guys something. I know it was really sweet. He was so excited to get that. He got that from my parents for his birthday and. He just felt like dad because it had body clips to it, you know, and oh my gosh, it had wheels that come off. So he just always wanted to clean it. So he'd, he'd run it outside and then he'd come in and yeah, it basically stopped working after he like dumped in water. But so that was a sad day, but yeah, he, (laughs) he loves RC cars. So it's fun. So anytime that live RC, you know, if Jared's at a race and we're watching live RC, I mean, he, anytime he hears the sound. He he just wants to watch to see it, so it's it's fun to watch. I think it's super cool to hear that your daughter is um, kind of interested in it too. I was talking to Jared, and I said, Jared, you know, we'll send both Megan and Rosalind a race like a girl shirt if they're, Aww. you know, especially if Rosalind is interested in it. So yeah, we'll make sure that awesome. we'll make sure that we send her something. I saw that uh, Jared recently posted that she got a mountain bike so that she could ride with him so that's cool yeah she is she's taken off on the mountain biking and they went today and she's she's faster than me I'm not I'm not that great at it yet but yeah she's doing great so it's fun that they have that connection and I just think RC is fun I mean I grew up around it um my whole life that I can remember and um it's just a really fun sport for father-daughters or father-son sport I mean or mother son or mother daughter I mean it's just it's just a fun sport just in general to hang out with your family and do something like this so how exactly do you guys balance the family life and racing because I'm sure like for most of us it's just a hobby but I'm sure when it gets to the level that Jared's at and you know he has had so much success in the industry is one of the most popular drivers obviously gets paid to do that I'm sure it's all like you know magnified in that aspect so how do you guys balance the family life and racing um I think um honestly I've just been around it like I said my whole life and so I've just always been used to the RC and then we we've been dating you know since I was 15 and then married at 19. So I've always just, I think it would have been different how me and Jared met when we were in our like middle twenties. 
And then I hadn't been in that world for a little while, you know, and hadn't experienced, I don't know, just kind of what he's gone through, um, leaving and coming home and um, all that, what that entails. And honestly, I just feel like um, it's just something I've just, it's been normal. And it, it's just something that we've, I just gotten used to. I don't know any different. So to balance it, I, I feel like, you know, when he's gone, um, we just have like a different life. Like when he's gone, we have a certain schedule, we do certain things. And when he comes home, it's just a whole different schedule. Um, and just can't, I've just gotten used to it. So how have you guys had to adjust your schedule in this new world that we're living in? Um, honestly, it's been, at first I was kind of really worried and stressed out about it, but it's been really nice. Just a lot of family time. And, um, we just been kind of our night times have been focused on uh, making videos and, um, what we're going to do next. And, um, that's really, honestly, you know, homeschooling, that's been one thing. So I haven't been able to go back to work. Um, I've had the whole month of April off and I'm still off now. Um, so that's been nice. I've been able to kind of, um, homeschool the kids and be home and we haven't really adjusted too much. Honestly, it's just been a lot of staying at home and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So obviously Jared RC car races for a living, but what is it that you do? What is your job? Um, I went to school to be an x-ray tech. And then when I, as soon as I got out of school, I worked in the cath lab. And cath labs basically, um, if you have to get a stent put in or you look at the arteries of the heart. So I would scrub in with a doctor and assist him in that. Um, And then now um, I still work in the heart, um, the heart institute, except now I just, I work with some of the cardiologists and we do vein closures. So like problem veins, like varicose veins or veins like that, that cause problems, um, we close those. Wow. Well, thank you in advance for <laughs> for your medical service. I don't think I ever knew that about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds far more serious than RC car racing. <laughs> <laughs> the heart, yes. The veins, no. But, yeah. I haven't been able to go to work, so I'm not really doing much on that front. But, um, yeah, it has been hard not to be around people, for sure, because I love I'm as awkward as I am. I do love being around people for sure. How has it been kind of like having to homeschool your kids, so to speak? Because I know a lot of parents are trying to do that nowadays. And trust me, as a teacher, we appreciate all the help that we can get. But how has it been for you? Oh, it was a nightmare to start. And we have so much more appreciation for you teachers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been it's been a roller coaster. Like, I don't know how you do it with 20-some kids in one class. But it's been, it's been challenging. She's um, – my daughter, Rosalind, who's nine, um, she's really, really smart. But having mom as a teacher has been really difficult. Um, just – you know, it's just the everyday struggles that you have with your kids anyway. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, the everyday attitude. Um, so it's just dealing with the attitude and I'm your teacher now and, but no, you're not. So it's, it's been a challenge for sure, but it's going okay. It's, it's going all right. And I'm trying to homeschool my, my preschooler who's going to be in kindergarten. 
So just trying, but it's been difficult because I think my daughter sees her younger siblings playing and laughing and she's stuck there on the computer having to do school. So uh, I think that's the biggest challenge is having um, her other, her brothers who aren't really doing much school. I understand that. Trust me, I really do. And um, from a teacher, we really appreciate you trying to help the kids further their education during this time. I know I probably speak for a lot of teachers that we're going to try our best to do everything that we can during this time. And when the kiddos do come back to us, we are going to be so excited and trying Mm -hmm. to catch them up as much as we can. Um, It definitely affects us, too, because, you know, we miss seeing the kids every day. But we appreciate you working with the kids at home. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot. I'm like, wow, I... I know magnets so much better, electromagnetism, if I could say it right. (laughs) (laughs) So we obviously see and have even heard a lot about how Rosalind's super interested in mountain biking. We hear that Jared mountain bikes a lot just from Facebook. Um, What other hobbies are you interested in besides RC racing? I know that's the part where I feel like I'm kind of lame. Um, I, I don't really have... I think before we had kids, I loved drawing and singing and stuff like that, but it's kind of gotten minimized. I think once we had kids and then, you know, Jared's always like, you need a hobby. You need a hobby. Like, oh, I know I do, but I just don't have any time for it. So it's been kind of, that's been a challenge. But now that we're all kind of on a a level playing field, um, it's been kind of nice. Like the boys love riding their bikes. And so the, the dirt bikes, Jared would ride dirt bikes a lot. And that always made me really nervous. And I think the older we get, I feel like the more scared we get, which is silly. But um, I just got more nervous with Jared on that dirt bike. And then he started getting more nervous. So he kind of gave up the dirt bikes and um, has always kind of liked mountain biking and kind of started getting into it. And kids love riding bikes. And then we went on a couple mountain bike trails with Jared just like on our regular bikes. And the kids loved it. And so it just kind of started snowballing into everyone's kind of getting a mountain bike now. And um, so it's been really fun. Roslyn's really, really enjoyed it. Cole really likes it. Nash, poor kid. He doesn't, he's getting cheated. He's on just like a regular pedal bike (laughs) and we're going up these huge hills and we're just climbing him easy, you know, in our gears. And he just is struggling to get up the hill, but man, he's a machine he will get up the hills and he's just, he's singing, you know, singing these crazy songs to himself, to like pump himself up and screaming. I mean, he's, he's so silly, but yeah, he's really enjoyed it. So it's just been fun to, you know, all of us have that hobby, but yeah, for, for me, it's, I'm just, I kind of go along with whatever Jared's doing. Um, but my, probably my favorite thing that we did do before we had kids was stand up jet skis. That was something that I was not terrible at, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so I'd say that was probably my funnest hobby I had. We only did it for a couple of years, and then we started having kids, and it kind of got pushed to the side. But maybe one day when the kids are older, and um, I don't know, hobbies are expensive. You know that. Driving <laughs> RC cars, <laughs> hobbies can be really expensive sometimes. Trust me, it is extremely difficult. Um, being a teacher, let's just say if I didn't have my husband's help or any of my sponsors help for that matter, like, thank you so much to all my sponsors. 
I don't think I'd be able to race as much as I do, honestly. Yeah, I bet. But I also completely understand about um, dirt bike racing because I love watching Supercross. I know Nick does too. Like, I watch Supercross every chance that I get. If I can't necessarily watch it Saturday night because I'm at an RC car race, I'll tape it and watch it the next day. Um, I love watching Supercross racing, but... To that same point, I get really nervous watching them races sometimes. It's just, Mm. like, so easy for those guys to get hurt. And if my husband did it, oh, that would be that much harder to watch. I know. And then you hear all these scary stories about someone just rolling around on the track, not really doing anything, fall on, get paralyzed. Like, it's so sad. So you just hear those stories. Yes. It just seems like there's so many so much more of those stories in Supercross yeah. than any other form of racing. So that's why I think it's scary too. Talked about how the TiVo show is super successful, but your husband is involved in many other things such as JTP, the company. So how long has JTP been around and what products do you think are like the best sellers? Gosh, we, I say we, he started that. Oh my gosh, what year was it? 2008 or 2009? Um, I'm going to be totally off, I'm sure. Um, but he just, I still remember him like kind of coming up with the idea and sketching it on a piece of paper and his idea for it. And yeah, it's just kind of been a slow moving company. Um, but yeah, he, he's really enjoyed having that outlet and I think the best sellers, I mean, it kind of goes in waves. I mean, we started with shirts and, um, the, the best sellers now are just the oils, actually the engines, whenever he has those engines for sale, um, they, they seem to go really fast. Um, but the oils, it's, it's just been fun to see it. Um, I think it's, I think it's been a good outlet for Jared to have something to put his energy into do you specifically have any role within the JTP company or is that something that like Jared solely does himself? Well, the role was supposed to be for me to do the orders <laughs> and I was doing those for a while. And then it kind of, I don't know, went out the window and he'd be like, did you do the orders? And I'm like, Oh shoot. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it's four thirty. We gotta get them out. So I've not been doing a very good job. I did inventory for a while so I've not been a very good um, uh, co-worker. <laughs> That's funny. Well, um, JTP is obviously a super successful company. I see the JTP shirts everywhere. So That's it's awesome. Really, it's really cool that um, Jared was able to, to turn that part of it into a company. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is neat when you see people and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's your shirt he's got your shirt on, you know, something like that. Yeah. We've actually been working on a new race, like a girl shirt design. So we're going to try to get those out soon. Maybe you and Rosalind will be the first to debut those. That but, would be um, awesome. That's kind of like the next step for us too. We've got it's like hard. A- <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, our logo is just like, you know, it's the race like a girl headphones and it just says race like a girl. And I was really trying to find a way to kind of spice up our logo, make it more interesting. And, you know, I also debated with how with how girly to make the logo, because a lot of mm-hmm. people were um, 
saying like, you know, add some more girl features to it. And I'm like, well, really, we're trying to prove that this is a gender neutral sport. Like it doesn't matter what gender you are, we can all race and be just as fast, regardless of if you're a boy or I'm a girl. So Uh um, we've got a really cool design going, though. There's going to be a big, huge RC car on the back of the shirt and um, encompassed with our logo. So we're going to try to get that out here soon. But, um, yeah, it's cool to hear about y'all's story, too, and how that got started. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, too. Like, the shirts and the things that you think people are really going to like, you're like, really, they like that? Versus what you (laughs) thought they were going to like? So it's always just really interesting, like, what the population actually likes versus what you thought. Um, So that's been one thing interesting with with JTP. Um, I really liked it when Jared did the... um, um, Oh, gosh. When he did his classes, um, I can't even... Jared Tebow University. I really liked those. But those were really hard for him, I think, just because it was um, so much production to it. And um, there was just a lot to put together. And he's already busy with other things and the family. So that was... But that was one of my favorite things that he did, the, um, the racing school. And I feel like it was really cool seeing the the families get together and do those. That was, that was my favorite part of, um, I I mean, I guess it's kind of a part of the JTP, but that was, that was something I really liked. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I actually had forgotten about that. And he actually came to speed RC, which was one of our local tracks and did Jared Tebow university. I um I was so interested in doing it, but I had work that day or something. I was teaching or there was mm-hmm. a school event or something. There's some like almost catastrophic reason <laughs> I could I think I it was could, on a Friday. Yeah, that I could not attend. And I thought that was something that was so cool and unique that a lot of other pro drivers didn't offer because, you know, especially for me personally. Nick probably has a totally different perspective, but for me personally, my hobbies when I was younger and in college even was, was dance and kind of how it went from there for me was, okay, I minored in dance. I was a majorette all throughout my entire college years. And then I kind of got into the racing field with like some friends, a club that I was trying to help out in college But that's when it kind of shifted for me because I realized like, oh, I can only do this for so long. Like dancers prime is like when they're 18. I'm like, okay, I'm way past 18 now. Like, what am I going to do next? And I'm just such a competitive person. So when I first got into RC racing, I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm not good at this. Like, like, why am I not as good as everybody else at this? Because I just wanted to win and be competitive immediately. So mm-hmm. Jared's university was something that I was really interested in because I was like, oh, this is a really cool opportunity for me to actually learn how to be fast and what, you know, what exactly is a racing line and why is that the racing line and how do I get in and out of the corners faster and how do I make sure that I'm carrying more speed throughout um throughout the entire part of the track. So it was something that I was really interested in and something that I thought was really cool. I know you mentioned he doesn't really do that as much anymore, but still, still really I really, I still really push him. Like, you should really do those again. 
Um, I don't really know what's holding it back. We haven't had a conversation about it recently. So I, I do. I'll have to prod him tonight because that's that was my favorite. I feel like that people got so much out of it. Yeah, I, it, was, it was fun. I feel the main difference is that you not coming from a racing background, Katie, is that you don't know what's wrong and you don't know that you're doing it wrong. Where me coming from racing, I know I'm doing it wrong, but I suck and I can't do it right. So it's <laughs> even more frustrating. <laughs> But yeah, everything that you say, Katie, I mean, he talks about all that. And um, in one of the videos, he was talking about how there's a certain racing line. So he would put the cones where everybody kept trying to drive. And he put the cones there so they wouldn't drive in that wrong spot anymore and try to, try to show them the actual racing line. So yeah, the, the racing school was so cool. I really, really liked that. I think that racers like me would definitely would definitely pay a good bit to even get him just at whatever their local track is and however many people join in with them. I yeah. think that because a lot of the pro drivers don't offer that, um, that kind of like unique one-on-one -on -one experience almost, that'll, that's something that a lot of people would be interested in. I mean, obviously when he's doing his um, Facebook live shows and he's talking about stuff like that, there's like, in, at that moment there's like at least 150 people watching not to mention all the people who watch after the live show is over <laughs> right yeah it just goes to show that people have a lot of questions about how to improve their driving and yeah I mean as easy as RC is to get into there's so many little quirks and tricks and stuff that these guys do at a professional level when yeah. it comes from prep on the cars to prep for your tires to how to approach certain tracks and certain layouts. It's uh, certainly beneficial to provide a service like that. Oh, yeah, especially since no one's really doing it. Yeah. I hear you guys. I'm going to push them. <laughs> well, you, you let us know because I will definitely be one of the first ones to sign up. <laughs> yeah, awesome. once, you get them, once you finally get them over the ledge of doing it again, then start kind of pushing them towards the East Coast, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I, East Coast, that's where we. That's where I want to visit more. So, yeah, I say yes. Yeah, come to North Carolina. There's plenty of fun things to do in North Carolina and a ton of beaches. Yeah. I, now that Nash is a little bit older, it's getting a little bit easier. So, yeah, I think we'll be able to venture out more. <laughs> he is sponsored by Beach RC, too, and Beach RC is in Myrtle Beach. So that would be a super fun place for the kids to go. Yeah, that would be awesome. I always love racing at either uh, Beach Hobbies, which is the indoor track that's owned by Beach RC, or there's mm -hmm. also an outdoor track right next to that. I mean, not right next to, but I mean, it's like five, ten minutes away from the hobby shop called Badlands. And we always love going down there and racing. We'll normally stay overnight, even if it's a one-day race, just because mm -hmm. it's fun to like go to the beach the next day or go to the arcade or something like that. Yeah, you make a whole weekend out of it. Yeah, so that's it's a lot fun. of fun. It's fun when the whole family can go to a race. Like, that's, there's so many good memories. And so it's, I love going to the races with Jared if we can. How often do you guys get to go to races with him? It just kind of always depends. It depends, too. Like, it's harder now that Roslyn's in school. Um, I know now, a little tricky, but um, in the summer, um, if we're able to go, it's always fun. Um, 
but we just we just don't go as often honestly we don't we're terrible like i feel like we're a hot mess we don't plan that well <laughs> um and then honestly i i feel like we've kind of just nixed all the races because nash is just like we last oh gosh i think it was last january um it was our anniversary and jared was up in omaha at the Plex RC Raceway, and we're like, oh, we'll go up there, and I'll, I'll surprise Jared. It'll be so fun. Can't even remember what race it was, and so we went up there, and it was. I mean, Nash was licking things, and it was it was awful. I mean, Nash is the kid that's like in the sandbox, like has a cup full, and he's actually eating the sand, not just like tasting it, like chomping down eating sand. I mean, he just licks and touches everything. And he actually got sick right after, like, on our way home from that race. He threw up every hour to try to get home. So we had to pull over every hour. He'd throw up, and then we'd keep going. We're like, this is just too much. So I think we kind of nixed all the races until he's just a little bit older. But once he gets older, I mean, he's getting a little bit better now, now that he can, like, verbalize things and kind of understand more to us, more like what we're saying. Um, I think we'll be able to go on more races, but so we're getting there, but we would love to go to more races. And then I have to just kind of work around my schedule because I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so just trying to get off um, a couple days in advance. So all those things kind of play into it. What is the farthest race that you've ever traveled to with Jared? Uh, the race in Indonesia. That was, um, that, that race was awesome. I can't even remember the name of the race isn't that awful um <laughs> that was the one that i um i pitted him for and that that was just awesome that was just a good experience for me because you know you see you see the racing happen which i've seen my whole life and i've been around it but until you're like in the race with you know like pitting someone or you're actually the racer itself um it's just a different experience so that was that was really neat for me to be um, hitting him and just being there for that whole, that whole race. So how nervous were you with the pit woman skills? Oh man, I was so nervous. Well, one, I didn't, I think it was probably a good thing, but one, I didn't know that I was going to pit him. But kind of got there. I'm like, so who's pitting you? He's like, oh, I don't know. Someone, I'll, I'll find someone. I'm like, you, you don't even know who's, like, I'm very planned. Like, I like to have things planned and Jared's just kind of on a whim. So we kind of butt heads with things like that. And I'm like, you don't know who's pitting you? Like, how are you here? Like, who's going to pit you? He's like, I don't know. I'll find someone. And then it, I think the person he thought was going to pit him was pitting somebody else. And he's like, I think you're going to have to do it. And he said it as a joke. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, I just got my nails done. Like, I'm not pitting you. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I think you're, you're really going to pit me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so then he had someone else there that was going to try and help me. But they didn't speak very good English. And I was like, I can't rely on someone. Like, I don't understand them. So then, yeah, we had, like, a whole um, – we had to, like, write out everything, um, like, where when he was at a certain point on the racetrack. Of like, okay, when you're at this jump um, at this certain time, then you come into pit because it was such a long lap that, yeah, so I was, I was terrified. We were practicing, like, after the races were – like, after the practicing was done, we were practicing um, pit stops and – um, and things like that, like how to catch it and how to fuel fast enough. So that, it was fun. Like I enjoyed every minute of it, but yeah, I was, I was extremely terrified. My, 
I think the thing I was scared the most that he was going to flame out. And I just sucked so bad at trying to um, start him back up. Like, I don't know why. I just struggle. <laughs> so he didn't flame out, and it was all good. So, <laughs> Job well done. That's right. Well, Thank you. <laughs> Nick could probably speak to this, too, because he's watched me trying to start my own car. <laughs> but I don't know why <laughs> it's such a struggle for me either. But I am just, like... Half the time, I'm bound and determined to, like, feel accomplished that I did it myself and I started the car myself. But I will be, like, jumping up and down, putting my full, like, body weight yes. on this glow igniter. And sometimes it still <laughs> won't start. And the people around me will just look at me and they'll be like, it really should not be taking you this much energy to try to start your car. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> That's how Jerry's like, he just do it like this. And he's like, he barely touches it. It just like goes right on. I'm like, that is not fair. Like I am trying so hard down here. So I understand. Uh, the, the, the Indonesia pit stop that you're talking about, that was the one that he posted on his Facebook, right? Yes. I showed my husband that pit stop. I watched it first and I was like, Dave, did you see what Tivo posted? And he was like, he was like, no, which one are you talking about? I was like, the one where Megan's pitting him. And I showed him it. And I was like, I've pitted you, I don't know how many times, and I still cannot pit you that fast. So when I watched <laughs> it, I was genuinely impressed with how fast you got him in and out of the pit. And it was just like flawless. I was like, wow, like that is really impressive. So walk us through a pit stop and exactly, like, what do you do? Like, do you hold the fuel gun with one arm and hold the car with the other? Because it's something that I definitely struggle with. So just kind of, like, walk us through a pit stop as far as, like, you calling them in. Yeah. So kind of like what we would do is that um, as soon as he was – so I wouldn't um, put any fuel in the fuel gun yet. So we have the gun, and then we have his fuel bottle, and then we'd have the can like the big can of fuel. And so then we'd have, I'd have, I'd make sure that there was, um, the fuel bottle was full. And then when he'd come around, um, and he was going to pit that next lap, I would yell and say this lap. And then I would put fuel, um, from the fuel bottle into the fuel gun. And then I kind of hold it. And as soon as he got into the pit, I'd have it in both. I'd, have the fuel gun in my hand and my left hand would catch the car. My right hand would grab the, um, the wing and he had set him down and then open and then fuel in. And then I think I counted. I think that was something. Cause I wasn't ever sure. I'm like, how do I know if I've got enough fuel in? And he said, you're just gonna, I think we counted. I think it was like three seconds. And then just whatever is left in there, you know, just one, two, three, and then go. And so I, that was what I was always nervous because it was such a um, long lap that I didn't want to make. Sh- I wanted to make sure that I got him completely fuel um, fueled up and full. So, um, but yeah, I just counted um, to three. I'm pretty sure, and then I just let him go. That's what I was always. I used a fuel gun now, and it's perfectly fine. But when I first started pitting Dave in nitro. Um, mm-hmm. I was, like, so nervous to use the fuel gun because I fully understood that the fuel gun was faster. I mean, people had tested it, and the bottle takes longer, so I get mm-hmm. it. 
but I was just not comfortable with whether I was getting him full with the fuel gun or not. Yeah. So oftentimes I would just use the bottle just for like the satisfaction of like, hey, I I may take an extra second right now, but I at least know that you're fu- that you're full. <laughs> so right. It took me forever to get comfortable with. Okay, how does how does the fuel gun work and like where exactly can I let go to make sure that your tank is full so it definitely took me a while to yeah to be comfortable with the fuel gun I think too like um we would practice and make sure um you know you see how much is in the fuel gun and then at three seconds you see how much you put in there and it was kind of always the same so after each race there'd be I'm sorry not after each race after each um, pit stop I would look back and see how much fuel was left in the fuel gun. It was always about the same. So I knew um, that I got enough that he needed in there. And so just practicing before the race itself was super helpful. Like just silly pit stops. You know, he'd he'd just throw the car in. Like he wouldn't actually, I don't think we had the car on. He would just throw me the car really fast down the pit lane. And then I would just grab it and pretend like I'm getting ready to pit him. Um, but then during practice and stuff, it was every time he'd come in, um, I feel like I'd try to pit him just as fast as I would in the race, just so I kind of get that practice and get um, my nerves out a little bit. But nothing compares when you're actually in the race and and you're pitting someone. I think that that's actually really good advice, though, for even our listeners to hear, because when I'm practicing before race, I'm like, full on like hot lap mode I'm gonna do the fastest lap that I can even though it's (laughs) practice and I'm just I'm not paying attention to that at all and then it gets time for the races or even the qualifiers and um if Dave and I aren't in the same race and I have to pit him I literally think to myself like oh shoot I should have practiced this like why (laughs) when he was practicing did I not just like act like he was doing a pit stop just so that I could be comfortable with the way that this particular pit works at this particular track. So I think it's really good advice. And um, I try to think about that more when I go to the races and just be like, you know, whether it's me practicing with Dave or even like me as a driver coming in and letting Dave practice, I try to think about that a little bit more. Yeah. And, and gas is hard. I mean, there's so much concentration, especially for the drivers. I mean, you have so much concentration. Like, I can barely last, oh, three minutes in a electric race before I kind of, like, completely lose it. And I'm just like, oh, like, I've, I was in the lead, and now I'm in last because I can't concentrate longer than three minutes. Um, so to be able to concentrate on a gas race, I mean, that's really impressive. So it's difficult. I was laughing when you said that during one of the live shows <laughs> that <laughs> you probably couldn't nitro race because it was too hard for you to focus for that oh, long. Oh, man. It's hard. You start to think as you're racing. I feel like, some, well, at least for me, you start to do your certain lines and then you're like, you start to overthink and you're thinking and then I just start to get away from myself like, oh, what am I doing tomorrow? Or <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to concentrate. So it's impressive that you can do that. One of the. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Squirrel. 
One of the hardest races for me personally was when I first started nitro racing. And so I wasn't very good. I'm not even going to pretend like I was even halfway decent. So I found myself in like one of the lower mains. I think there was just an A and a B main and I was in the B main. And this was in the sportsman class, not even the pro class, like the local pro class. But um, so I find myself in the B main and I had a really good, clean B main and it was 20 minutes and I made the bump spot. So I was like, okay, yay, I get to go to the A. And then I had an E, I decided to run e-buggy that day and my e-buggy race was in between the A main and the B main of my nitro buggy Uh... race. So I ran 20 minutes of nitro buggy, 10 minutes of e-buggy. And then right after that, I like never even got the chance to come down and marshal. I ran a 30-minute oh A-main, so it was an hour total, and it was, like, in the dead middle of summer in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> and I, when I came off the driver's stand after the last 30-minute one, so I'd now been up there for an hour, I just, like, sat down at the bottom of the driver's stand. <laughs> yeah, like, completely dazed. Yeah, I I did. I felt so dazed. I was like, man, I need like a serious bottle of water right now before (laughs) I go out and marshal. I know. And some of the races that Jared does, I'm always like, I don't know how you can stand up there and concentrate for that long. Like it's intense. Gas, gas races are just intense races. And they're so loud and there's so much going on and people are yelling up at the driver's stand and there's just a lot going on when you're racing gas. Oh, yeah, I know. But the other thing that I find super hard about pitting and what I was really impressed when I watched you is that you didn't really have any trouble, like, picking up the car and then fueling it. When my husband pits me, he pits me with, like, one arm. Like, he'll grab the car with just oh. his left hand and put it on the rail with just his left hand. Mm-hmm. And then he'll fuel me with the other hand. And he keeps trying to tell me to do that when I pit him. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I do work out, you know, quite a bit. But I by no means have the muscle strength in my yeah. arms to just hold your car with one hand and pick it up and put it on the rail. So I'm always like struggling to figure out, well, okay, let's be realistic. I need to use both hands. So how am I going to pick it up with both hands and then continue to fuel you and make it be as fast as I possibly can? (laughs) Yeah. If the key is to keep your gun in your hand and not have it sitting next to you. So when you pick up the car, have the gun in your right hand and it's picking up the, you have the gun in your right hand and you're picking the wing up. So you just have the gun already in your hand. And then you set it down. That was, that was, that's because I saw people doing that. I'm like, man, if I could do that, that would be so much easier. But I couldn't, (laughs) I could not lift the car up with just one hand, my left hand. I could not do it. But that was the tricky part too, because some of the fuel would leak out of my gun um, when it was was sideways. And so I, I knew it wasn't very much, but that, that's what bothered me about having to use two hands. But I had to have the gun in my hand to be fast enough. I felt the same exact way when I could feel a little bit of the, um, of the fuel leak out. I'd be like, Oh crap. Is there too much coming out of the gun right now? Because I need enough to be able to pit in. So I felt the same way. Yeah. Since you do pit Jared every now and then, do you know how to tune the car? Like if he came in and said, Hey, it's running a little bit lean or it's running a little bit rich. Would you be comfortable turning the needles? 
Yeah, I, I'm comfortable turning the needles. He'd say, you know, tell me one hour, but I'd always forget. So, like, right now, if you were to ask me which way do I turn it to make it lean or rich, I would totally forget. So, anytime that I've gone out there with me, he's like, okay, this is the way, this is where my top, like, I'll forget where they're at. So, he just has to remind me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So, I'll do it. Normally, I don't get to do it that often just because the kids have been so little and the, it's so loud that they haven't been comfortable um, but now we kind of have some headsets, so it'll be, I'll be able to pet him more, but I, it seems like every gas race, um, or gas worlds, I'm always pregnant and pitting him. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always trying to help him when I can. Like, I love helping him at the track if I can. Um, and it, it's just nice. Like, I, I love being involved, but it's just hard, I feel like, with the kids. And, yeah, it's hard for me to be involved as much as I want to be um, with, with the kids. He talked on the show about not liking the headsets because he felt like the headsets made him more vocal than he would tend to be if he mm-hmm. just didn't have them at all. So did you guys ever have an experience where you were the one on the other side of the headsets? Oh, yeah. I would... And he'd be like, just talk to me. Just keep talking to me because I need to get used to people talking to me. So <laughs> I know it's really silly, but I'd be like, okay, so tomorrow I think I'm going to do this and such and this and kind of just be annoying and just continuously talk, which I'm really good at. And so I just kept talking on the other end of it just to try and get him used to someone being on the other end. So we had practice doing that. But yeah, I think I think he could... You know, when he gets frustrated, he wants to, like, like sometimes he'll call me and he'll kind of vent his frustration. And then I'm like, I, you know, I'll say something and he'll be like, oh, you know what? I shouldn't even call. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just angry. So I think that's kind of the same thing is like he wants to vent, but having that headset, he's able to do so. And then he regrets even being, you know, even talking. So, and it just works him up even more. So I think that's the biggest reason he just can't have the headset. It's just easier because if he has a way he can talk to someone, he'll use it. So not having that um, outlet to be able to vent, then he's not going to. And so I think it, and then that cools him off. So if he can't talk to anybody, he's just able to cool off faster. Okay. That's interesting to hear y'all's point of view with the headset because for my husband and I, since we both race, I, like, don't mind the headsets. And if someone's talking to me, like, it doesn't make a difference to me as far as my focus. My mm. husband doesn't like it at all. He feels like he can't focus as much if someone is talking to him. So he just yeah. prefers not to even wear it at all. But if he's the one on the headset with me, it sometimes doesn't go as well as if someone else is talking to me. Because I don't know what it is. But it's like, it's like if something about our husband. (laughs) Yeah, it's like if he tries to like correct me and tell me that my driving sucks, even if he doesn't say it in those words, he's like legitimately trying to be nice and trying to coach me on how to get better. I just don't always take it the right way when I'm racing. Same here. Jared can't teach me anything. Like it's awful. Like, I can't, I don't learn well from Jared. I don't know why, but I have a really hard time about it. So, I can't explain it either because if Nick were to tell me the same exact thing that Dave told me, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll try to take that corner better. (laughs) I know, and then it hurts their feelings, and you're just like, I don't know what, 
I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's funny that you feel the same way too. Oh yeah, he tried teaching me how to um, snowboard when we before we got married, and it was it was awful. So I was like, I wish I would have just gotten lessons from somebody else other than you. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talked about this, but when you are at the racetrack with Jared, what is your role at the racetrack? So. In other words, if you were to show up to a race with Jared, would the expectation be that you're his pit person or are you mostly there for support or what's kind of like the role that you take when you're at the track? Um, when he's out, like, let's say he's at a, a big race and he knows that I'm coming, most likely I'll have the kids. Um, I'm more there just like a support. I feel like we kind of make it lighter. You know, if he gets done with a race, um, he's such a good dad. And I feel like, I feel like for me when, if I'm thinking about work and the kids are like around me, I, I get super stressed and it like causes more anxiety for me. But like for him, if he's at the race and we're there and the kids are laughing and being silly, like it just makes him feel better. Like he doesn't get frustrated that the kids are around and he's trying to focus. Like he just, he, his anxiety level goes down. He's able to like have fun. Um, so he, for us, when we're at the race, it's just for him to, it's just good. He has a hard race and we go and we play Frisbee for a little while, um, or something. So it's more of like, if we're there, it's more for emotional support. This kind of goes along with that. How do you feel when watching Jared race? I hate it. I hate watching. Oh, it's so stressful. And I'm just a hot mess, too. So it's a good, like, I would never want him to hear me either because I'm, like, I'm mad if he wrecks. And I'm like, what are you thinking? You know, like, I'm just yelling and the kids think I'm crazy. And then, you know, if he's, and it's like, you know, the kids are like, it's not his fault. I'm like, I know, you guys. Like, I'm trying to be calm. <laughs> but then when he's doing well, like, I'm screaming. Like, I'm, I'm just. I don't like watching, but when it, when it is on, like I want to watch when I, when I have the ability to watch, but if it was up to me and I could, and live RC didn't have the video, I would, I would love just watching the scoring. So I, I like watching the scoring more. Um, like if we're at, I don't know, a family birthday party and I can't like watch live RC that well, um, I go down because the scoring's always uh, more accurate than the video. So, because it's like, it's at least five seconds sometimes behind. And so I like to watch the scoring because I know what's actually happening. And like, if they're watching Jared, like if they're videoing him, I just get more nervous. It's like, I'm up there or something. I, I just don't do well watching. I know it sounds silly, but I just like watching the scoring. Cause then I'm able to see like, okay, he's got, you know, he's five seconds ahead of so-and-so. Okay. The next lap. Okay. He's six seconds ahead of so-and-so. And so that's, it's just better for me. I don't know. You definitely make me feel a little bit more normal because <laughs> I can sometimes feel like a crazy person when I'm watching Dave race, but I just like, I can't help it sometimes because when people are like watching their favorite, I compare it to NASCAR. Like I love Kyle Busch in NASCAR. So when I'm watching <laughs> Kyle Busch, I get super excited because he's like my favorite driver. I get excited if he makes a pass or if I get 
you know, angry or grumpy if he's not doing well. And it's the same thing when I watch my husband RC car race. If I'm not in the race in him with him and I'm actually able to watch it, it's like I get so excited when he passes for the lead and then I'll like find myself like like out loud cheering and I'll just kind of look around and be like, okay, now people <laughs> officially think that I'm crazy. <laughs> Or the same thing if he's, like, not doing well. I'll be like, what are you doing? Or something right. like that. And so, you know, sometimes I just can't help my reactions when uh-huh. I'm watching him. But it's like, I don't know. It's fun to watch him. But it's hard not to react. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so hard not to react. How about if someone wrecks him, though? I I get pretty, I get pretty irritated if someone... Someone crashes him for sure. But I feel like everybody, I feel like everybody's really good about um, racing with each other. Um, and like I said on the video, I was really nervous about a couple drivers. One, I guess, I, I guess it was just Mayfield that I said. Um, but they, they all race really good together. Um, but yeah, I get upset if, you know, if something happens. I, I can't think of it like a particular time that I remember getting really upset um, at somebody else. It's normally like, I know it sounds bad. It's normally just like a chair, like, ah, oh, how did you wreck there? You know? And, um, but yeah, I don't feel like there's, I don't feel like people take each other out um, that often. I don't really notice that or, or feel like remembering anything like that. I loved that question that somebody asked. I just thought it was such a funny question because you wonder, like, who people think are, like, hard to race against. And it's funny to hear, like, your perspective watching him, who you're Uh like, ooh, ooh, is he going to wreck him? Is he not? I forget. Who did you say you were most comfortable with him racing against? I know you said Mayfield for least comfortable. Who did you say for most comfortable? Cavalry. I feel like they race really clean together. I feel like if if um, Cav like kind of took him out a little bit, I feel like he waits and he lets Jared get back in the lead or, or, you know, I feel like they're just clean. And um, that was the thing I was most nervous about, you know, in years past, like, um, you know, if someone took him out, sometimes they don't wait. And that's what always would upset me. Um, But it's just hard. It's hard to know, you know, especially as a driver and I'm sure you understand it's like, it happens all so fast and you wonder like, did I, did I take them out or did they, or did he butt me first or, you know? And so you don't know, like, should I be waiting or should they be waiting? And, and so, and then you replay it and you see what happened, but it, I think that's just a, that's a tricky one. So what do you think is Jared's biggest accomplishment in RC from your perspective? Um, honestly, it was the, the world's race, um, when he won, um, uh, two wheel, um, it was just, a. it was really cool that we, um, all got to be there and, um, in 2013 and, um, yeah, it was just nice that we just come from a, it was a hard year that year before when we lost our daughter and, um, and for us to all be there. And it was just, uh, I don't know. I think it was just a time in our lives um, that, that, that was just a big one for, for him to, to win. That's awesome. 
we have some listener questions, but before I get into the listener questions, Nick, do you have any other questions for Megan? How is it uh, dealing with the, obviously right now, the time away isn't much at all, if any, but mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like these guys are almost racing two, three times a month. Is that, do you guys just get into a rhythm of him coming home on a Sunday night or a Monday morning? Yeah, we just kind of get in the rhythm. And sometimes it's hard because I feel like he comes home um, on a, it's normally, a, you know, he leaves on a Wednesday, comes home on a Monday. The hardest ones are just when he uh, leaves on a Wednesday, comes home on a Monday, and then sometimes he'll leave on a Tuesday. That's hard. Um, I think the hardest, um, you know, yeah, we, we definitely do get in a rhythm um, pretty fast. I mean, I think, that's, I think that's probably really hard for him, honestly, you know, to come home. And, you know, so much concentration into each race. And you know that, Katie, is so much concentration. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then to come home and then just be bombarded with your family, I think it's really hard. You know, the kids want to talk. And I haven't talked to any adults, just, I guess, at work. But nothing like talking to your spouse, you know. And I just keep talking. And so it's just a lot of noise when he gets home. Um, so I think that's hard to get for him to get back into the rhythm of being home. Um, but for me, I, I, I just kind of get used to it. Um, I don't know. It definitely, it's, it's nice. Like, I know it sounds really bad, but when he's gone for the first two days, I'm like, this is nice. Like I can go to bed whenever I want. Like I can watch whatever I want. Like it's, I just have like my own me time. And then after like the third day, I'm like, okay, like he can come back now. Like I'm, I'm struggling, you know, it's just hard just being like a single parent when, when he's gone. Um, but yeah, we get in the, in a rhythm pretty quick. It's just a rhythm when he's gone. And then it's a, a rough maybe night when he gets home of getting back into the rhythm of family and him being home and my schedule changing because he's home. Um, and then we just get back into the rhythm of when he's home. Um, but I think the hardest part about him traveling is, is when he's, um, gone, leaves on a Wednesday, comes home on a Monday, and then he'll leave again that next day on a Tuesday. Or if he's gone, like the Neo Buggy, love that race, but it's always on Easter. So that's always been, yeah. a, that's always been a struggle. Um, so, uh, and this Easter, we were excited he was going to be here, and then he got sick, um, and he wasn't even <laughs> home. Um, but, uh, and then if he's gone, like it seems like a lot of the worlds are always in the fall, which they are. Um, uh, that makes it hard because all of our kids' birthdays are in the fall. So he's sometimes missing some of the kids' birthdays. Yeah, I never thought about how Neo Buggy is always by Easter. That's interesting to hear you speak to that. Yeah. So it's nice. They get to use that that venue, but it's hard for all the families who's you know, are there at that race. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to get into some of our listener questions. We appreciate all of the listeners who sent in a question on our Facebook page. We encourage you guys to keep going, to keep doing that um, as we keep releasing more episodes out. It's fun. It's a fun way for us to kind of interact with you guys, especially since we like aren't at the track a whole lot right now and aren't able to do our at the track interviews. This is like the next best thing to our at the track interviews. So the first question, the first listener question that we have for you is from Benjamin James. 
He says, Megan, were you into RC before you met Jared or did you get into it after? And I think that's something we haven't fully touched on yet. So just kind of like take us back to the beginning of how did RC become a part of your life? And then like, how did you and Jared meet and it kind of continue on to where you're at now? Yeah. Um, my dad actually, I don't know why, but he started an outdoor track. Um, I don't know how it all, I don't, I'm not really sure how that came about. Um, but, um, he's, he owned an RC track at our house. We had, um, about three acres of land out in the country and, um, started an outdoor track and then he had an indoor track as well and, um, an indoor off-road track, dirt track. And so, um, I just kind of grew up around it and then I started racing probably was nine or 10 and I raced for a couple of years. Um, I was a big tomboy, lived in the country. Um, yeah, wore overalls every day. Like I was the track girl, always getting in people's way. Um, but yeah, I was just was always at the racetrack. I loved it. I love, um, I loved having the track at our house. Like it was so much fun every Friday night. My dad, it was really busy, um, when I was a kid. So, um, we'd have like a hundred racers on a Friday night and it was so fun and my mom would sell food and my brother would race. My brother's four years older and then my dad would, um, announce the races and, and yeah, I just was around it. Yeah. And I raced for a couple of years. I wasn't, I'm not terrible, but I wasn't that great. I always had someone else work on my car and I just raced cause it, I thought it was fun. I'm really competitive, um, which is really sad because I'm so competitive, but I'm not really good at a whole lot. <laughs> Um, so it's a struggle and, um, but yeah, so I raced a couple years and then, um, I got out of it. My dad still owned the track and would always have a race every year. And, um, my, um, my dad asked me if I was going to sell Gatorade and make some money for that summer. And I was 15. So last minute I actually decided the night before I was like, sure, I'll sell the Gatorade. And so I set up my own little stand and, um, I sold Gatorade and I, I'd met Jared that way. And so we talked, um, that weekend and then we exchanged numbers and we talked back and forth. And then we met at the St. Louis race, um, that August. So that race, I think that we first, that I, I first met him was in July and then in August, I think it was in August. Then I went to St. Louis, that race there and. Uh, we had our first kiss <laughs> and, um, and then, um, he asked if we wanted to start dating and I, I said, no, just because I don't, I didn't know how it would work. Honestly, um, him living in California and then me in Missouri and, um, my mom was like, well, you guys could just be friends. You should just keep talking. So I was like, okay, well we can officially date, I guess. And I thought it was really silly, but it actually, it grew into a really deep relationship and yeah, we dated all through high school and he proposed to me in my junior year of high school, which sounds insane. Um, now that I'm older and just, Oh, I can't even imagine if my daughter, if my daughter got engaged her junior year. Um, but my dad did know Jared. So yeah, we flew back and forth all through high school. My dad did know Jared and his dad really well. So my dad was comfortable. Um, so, yeah, so I got engaged junior year, and then as soon as I graduated high school um, that next fall, or that last, 
that next um, winter, we got married in January. So I graduated in 06, and then I, we got married in 07 of January. And then we, he moved here, and we bought a house, and yeah, so we got married really, really early on. You all are still a rock star couple, though, so, and it's it, so fun to listen to you guys on the TiVo <laughs> show. Honestly, it is. That's funny. Yeah, we definitely, it's definitely easier, to, I think, to have grown up together just because you kind of go through all life stages, but who knows? It's, it's, it's hard either way. It's hard getting married in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, and it's hard getting married in your, in your 20s. You go through all the stupid stages, like drinking and... <laughs> So is any of your family still into RC? Um, my dad actually had owned um, a track all the way up until I think, I think it was seven years ago, seven or six years ago. And then now he's out of it. It's just, it died down a lot um, here in, in Missouri. And it wasn't like it used to be at all. And so he just had the indoor track. And then, um, yeah, so now he doesn't, he doesn't own the indoor track and he's doing something totally different. Um, but I think he was kind of ready not to have, not to be his own boss and try to, you know, it's hard being your own boss. If there were an all females class, would you consider racing again? I would, I think I would be racing if we didn't have, I mean, if we didn't have any kids, I definitely would, I would be racing. I just think it's fun. I mean, I like being involved. I like going to the track, but, um, just since the kids are so little. I mean, once they get older, I would love to get back into racing. Like, I'm competitive. I like I like being competitive. Um, I like having a hobby and doing stuff like that. But, yeah. So, I can see for sure. If there was all-female class or just even in general, like, just racing in general, if there's not, I would totally, I would totally race. Awesome. Adam Ross also asked this question, and you kind of touched on this already, but he said, what's the hardest part about all the traveling weekends and then some? I know my wife gets kind of like mad or upset if I try to go to more than one a month, but it's my hobby and not my job. Now we go on racecations, as I like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome that they do that. And I think it's, I think it's a, just a big give and take, especially for, for him to be able to go on racecations. I mean, it's a struggle, I'm sure, maybe for his wife, but, you know, as long as there's that give and take. Um, but, yeah, we struggle with, the, with Jared being gone. Um, and like I said, yeah, when, when he's at a race during a holiday or when it's a kid's birthday, those are just – those are the hardest. Um, so I struggle. I struggle sometimes when he's like, oh, there's this race. I really want to go to it. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to miss, you know, Nash's birthday. And then, and he'd be like, oh, well, so th that's, that's the biggest struggle is when it's not a race that he has to go to, but he really wants to, um, you know, family's kind of a time sucker, isn't it? <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of suck all the time, but, um, but yeah, I think if Jared, he would love to go to every race, honestly, but it's the, it's just the family. It's hard sometimes with the family. I think it's cool that he calls them racecations. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. I think that is, like, even if your family is not totally interested in the racing part, a way that you can still bring your family together for events like that. Because you mm -hmm. and I had even talked about how 
it'd be fun to go to Myrtle Beach and just spend the extra day in Myrtle Beach. Or me and my husband also love going to the Savannah track because we'll just take the extra day and ride our bikes in downtown Savannah or something like that. So I think that's a cool perspective. Yeah. And I think sometimes like, um, people often be like, Hey, you know, you should, um, like when we get to the track, a lot of people will come up and be like, Hey, there's this mall, you know, if you want to go to it or, there's this thing that you can go to. And I'm always like, no, I, I, I like being at the track. Like, I don't want to go anywhere, um, anywhere else, you know, other than the track. But like what you said, like, I like the fact of making it a whole vacation, doing something after the race, you know, where the family's there the whole time during the race and you get that one-on-one time and, and that's fun. And then doing something afterwards, like that's, that's where it's, that's really nice. So Aiden Burke, this is kind of a funny question. He said, how do you explain what Jared does for a living? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a really frustrating question, too, (laughs) because it that oh, that's such a good question. So anytime someone goes, so what's your husband do? And then you go to tell them they always start laughing. And it's really frustrating because I get really angry because they're like, he races what? He does what for a job? He gets to race toy cars for a living. That's really cool. And then you just like wanted to slap him across the face. But um, I just, I basically tell them that he races radio control cars for a living. And then you get that he does what? And then you explain to him. And I don't think anybody ever leaves the conversation going, oh, I kind of, I understand. Until they've actually been at a race. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people and even for you to tell people like what you do for a hobby, they're probably like, what you do what? <laughs> so I don't think until you've been to a racetrack and you've seen like how involved it is and how much work it is that then you're like, Oh, okay. Wow. That's intense. So do you ever wish that Jerry just had a normal job, so to speak? Normal. I use normal in quotes. Yeah. I mean, of course I have. I mean, there's times where I'm like, you know, it'd be so nice if you just went to work and you came home and you're with us. And I think, I think that sometimes, um, and then some other times, um, I, I often think that when he's going through a season of like getting new sponsors, like when his sponsorship ends and then he's, you know, talking with other, um, sponsors, like that stresses me out. That's really stressful for me. Um, that's when I'm like, Oh, I don't like this. Like, that's when I kind of like, Oh, if you just had a a regular job, this wouldn't be such a struggle for me, but I'm just the warrior, I think, in our family. Um, I'm always thinking way far ahead, and um, so that's where I just kind of got to let God take control, and I can't, so. That's awesome. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move into the Finish My Line game show. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, this is the Finish My Line Game Show, where nothing is made up and the points don't matter. The rules are simple. Finish Katie's sentence. Now, back to our host, Katie Carmen. 
right, so you guys heard the rules for the Finish My Line game. So we are going to play the game with Megan and Nick. So, Nick, you're up first. My dream car is... We're talking real cars, not RC cars. <laughs> Probably a Ferrari, like a 488 or something like that. Okay, Megan. Uh, uh, honestly, a mom at the van... I, I got it. A van? <laughs> After your kid hits every car next to you, a van is a dream car. So They make a Lamborghini SUV. There you go. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay, Nick, one thing I wish I was better at is... RC car racing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan, one thing I wish I was better at is cooking. Yeah, I saw you when you guys were on the last TiVo show. You were saying that uh, Jared does a lot of the cooking. Dave's definitely a better cook than I, too. Yeah, Jared's awesome at it. He's kind of good whatever he puts his mind to, which is really frustrating for me. (laughs) A lot of takeout on the weekends when he's off racing? You know what's funny is, like, if he's gone, there is no meat. It's like, all right, we're having cereal for dinner, or let's have <laughs> breakfast food, or, like, it's it's very easy when Jared's gone. So the kids kind of enjoy that. Nick, one thing I wish I didn't have to do every day is... Wake up. I wish I could just sleep in every day. Okay. Megan, one thing I wish I didn't have to do every day. Hmm... Get ready for bed. That's the most frustrating part of my day. Just having to get ready, closing the house down, picking up, taking a shower, all that. That's what. I agree. That's probably the worst part of my day, too. And oh. I, don't even, I don't even have kids to pick up after this day. <laughs> nah, they can be tricky. <laughs> Nick, my favorite thing about RC racing is? The competition. Megan, my favorite thing about RC racing is? It's hard because I'm trying to think about, like, Jared racing and, like, what part I like about it most when he's racing. The thing I most like about it, I think, is just the community. It is the community. Like, when you're at the track itself, there's so many people that you get to see that you don't, like, for me, I don't normally get to see. I'm like, oh, I remember, like, when I saw you two years ago, the community, that's what I like the most. That's a great answer. I mean, we've only been talking to you for how long right now? And I would just love if we hung out at the track together. <laughs> it would be nice, especially when you meet another girl who's there, who actually doesn't want to go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Nick, the hardest thing about RC racing is we could go with frustrating if that's an easier word. Probably the hardest thing for me is the maintenance. There's just so much maintenance, so much to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, Megan, the hardest thing about RC racing is? I think it's the, um, the long days when you, you put all that work in it, and then it doesn't, it doesn't play how you thought it was going to be in your mind. Like, you see all the work and the effort that you did, and then you come home with nothing. That's, that's the hardest thing, I think. That's me every weekend. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Okay, Nick, if I could live anywhere in the world, I would live in... Germany. Interesting. (laughs) Megan, if I could live anywhere in the world, I would live in... 
Florida. We went to Florida last year and it was so nice. Like we were like, we should totally move. We should totally do it. Be beach people. It was just so <laughs> nice to have thunderstorms every day and then it's sunny. It's just a little mixture of everything. Sun and thunderstorms. Loved it. This is a similar finished my line statement. Nick, if I had a two-week vacation, I would go to... The Bahamas. Okay. Megan, if I had a two-week vacation, I would go to... I think anywhere where there's a beach. I'm going to pipe in on this one, even though it's not technically me finishing these sentences. <laughs> I would say DNC, because DNC is always during school... And it's like, feels like it's a week-long race. And so it just <laughs> never works out. I just cannot tell my principal, hey, I need to not teach for a week because I'm going to go to DNC and do this bucket list race that I have on my list. So right. I'm going <laughs> to say DNC. <laughs> you just um, need like uh, East Coast coronavirus next year. Right. <laughs> just shut down the East Coast, leave the West Coast. Yeah, open. so we can go to the West Coast. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, Nick, the RC car driver most likely to make me laugh is? Uh, my buddy Christian Payhood. He's okay. so off the fall. <laughs> Megan, the RC car driver most likely to make you laugh is? I, I would say, honestly, Mayfield. He's, <laughs> he's really fun. Like, he's a really fun guy to be around, and he's funny, and he's real. Yeah, so I would say Mayfield. Okay. These next two finish my line statements are in honor of Teacher Appreciation Week. So shout out to all the teachers out there. Thanks for all your hard work and yes, all you, you do. Um, Nick, my favorite subject in school was? P.E. <laughs> I don't know if you've answered that question before, but that's funny. Uh, Is that a recess? <laughs> Every you, only boy. Have, you only have recess till you're like in fifth grade. Megan, my favorite subject in school was um, art. Okay, that's a cool answer. All right, this is also going along with the teacher appreciation theme. Nick, my favorite teacher was. Ooh, I don't even think I remember a single one of my teachers' names. Wow. I had a, I had a tenth grade English teacher. She was an old lady. <laughs> Poor thing's probably passed away by now, but she was hilarious. Like, she had no shame. Like, if, if we were messing around in class, she would tell us to quit effing around and, like, <laughs> just go full out. Like, it was, it was great. Like, she was so far out of bounds that no one even really said anything that would probably get her in trouble. Just, she was almost like awesome. one of the kids. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Megan, my favorite teacher was? Mrs. Points, first grade. She had a can-do bear that got to sit on your desk, had like a jungle loft. She was awesome. How That's do you fun. remember that? I don't know. I can remember every teacher of every grade, except for sixth. Well, sixth grade, we went to other different classes. I don't know. I just remember all my teachers' names. Wow. My favorite teacher was a second grade teacher. So mm -hmm. that's funny that you picked a um, younger grade teacher. Isn't it crazy what you can remember? It shows you how much of an impact they had on you if you can yeah. remember that far back. Now, why did you like her? Um, 
I don't know. She just, like, I felt like she really cared about the relationship with me, not just if I was learning. And she had, like, cool little quirks like that, like what you were saying. And it was just a lot of fun to be in her class. And I remember thinking, like, that's the teacher that I want to be. And it's just, like, really cool now. I thought of those two questions because right before I got on the podcast with you guys, I was talking about how my kids are like shouting out on the school's uh, Instagram page. They're giving me shout outs and it's just so sweet for them, you know, hear that. So yeah, I don't know. She definitely inspired me to be a teacher now. So Nick, my biggest pet peeve at the track is. When people take forever to go walk out in Marshall. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. He has race directed a a bunch of times. He's like been the person in charge of calling the races. So I totally understand why he's saying that. Oh, yeah. Um, Megan, my biggest pet peeve at the track is. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I guess it would probably. It would probably be the same thing. Just races not going as planned and the races take way longer than they should because people aren't getting out on the track fast enough. So races just take way longer. So you end at midnight instead of 10 because <laughs> delays like that. I agree. Those are both good answers. All right. This is kind of a fun question. If you had your own team, the top three drivers that you would want to sponsor would be. I'm saying three because I don't want Megan to just pick Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she's probably uh... <laughs> Obliged to throw him on the team. Um, yes, so I just I don't want her to only pick Jared. I want to see right. what her other two picks are. I'd go with Mayfield, Jared. What what cars are we racing? Tenth or eighth or all? Uh, we'll go all well rounded team. Hmm. I feel like Ungaro. you gotta go. Oh, okay. Mm. I was gonna throw Cav in there, but that's not a bad pick. All right, Megan, if you had to, or if you owned your own team, the top three drivers that you would want to sponsor would be? Jared, of course. Um, <laughs> Big I surprise. Think, I know. Um, Dakota Fend and uh, Ty Tessman. Oh, okay. I like that team, too. Dakota's yeah. a good one. He's been on it. Yeah. Recently. That's a very good, well-rounded driver, too. He can race anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, I prefer cats or dogs because? Dogs, because when I come home, my dog is so happy to see me. <laughs> okay, Megan, I prefer cats or dogs because? Um, dogs, because they're just more playful than cats. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Katie's the cat lady. To- I have to pipe in on this one, too, so that there's a cat statement. I prefer cats because they have awesome personalities. My my cat, Pirelli, has been in school almost every day with me. He will sit up so on the fun. computer desk, and he'll come to class with me. But I seriously, like, his little ear will be in the webcam when I'm trying to teach. But... <laughs> I swear to you, I don't think that he understands because, like, when we're just in our normal everyday life, 
he'll be talking. To, he, he like will respond to you. He'll meow and try to talk back to you. So I don't think he understands that I'm trying to talk to people on the computer. So I'll like ask the kids a question and he'll respond. <laughs> that is so funny. My kids Cats are, are like, what is he saying? They are less maintenance. It's nice yeah. when we have to go to a track if we're only like gone just a night or two. We don't really have to even get someone to watch them. Yeah, that's nice. Frilly um, also eats shock oil though. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. That's another fact about Frilly. Gives him that spunk. It's so gross, but it's hard to like, it's hard to keep him away from it. Yeah. My dog eats dog poop, so that's all right. <laughs> We need to see if Prelly likes the JTP oils. No, oh, yeah, we should test it out. Yeah. All right, Nick, my best friend at the track is. Now you just backed me into a corner. Mm. <laughs> you don't have to say me or Dave. There's like Pick a group else. of us, though. There's like a group of us. All right, name the whole group. I'll oh. allow Megan no, to have more than one answer. I'm going to have to go with just Christian because he's like. Whenever he goes to the track, I'm always pit with him. Okay. I'm not shocked at that answer. Uh, Megan, mm. my best friend at the track is? That's a tough one. I think over at our local track, um, if our friend Chad Parks is out there, he'd probably be, like, the, the one that I would want to hang out with besides Jared. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's all the finish my line game questions that we have. And again, I just want to ditto that we appreciate all of our listeners who ask questions. And we hope that you guys really enjoyed this special treat with having Megan on the podcast today. So Megan, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for giving up a good chunk of your time tonight to be able to speak with us and interview with us on the podcast it's been a lot of fun yeah thank you so much for having me this was fun i was really nervous i was gonna be really awkward i'm sure i was a little bit awkward but it was really fun thank you so much for inviting me on here yeah no problem anytime you want to come back on you just let us know we'll be happy to tape however many more episodes that you want with us (laughs) yeah Um, I'm sure my listeners are really going to enjoy hearing your perspective on everything. So, yeah, yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, hopefully I can meet you someday in person. I know. It'd be nice if we raced at the same track and got yeah. to travel to one together. No kidding. Oh, someone asked not on the podcast. I mean, not on the Facebook page. Someone was messaging me. It was Marlo Bright. He said, if the Fuel Nats is still happening, are you planning to attend the Fuel Nats? We were thinking about it, um, that we kind of had that conversation, but, um, I'm actually going to, I believe going back to work, um, next Wednesday. So I think we're starting to open everything back up and do elective cases. So I think I'll be going back to work. So probably not. I understand. Yeah. I thought there might've been hope for the fuel. I know I was, we were hoping, I'm like, I can't ask to take off as soon as I come back. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I understand that. The Fuel Nationals is just always such a nice one for me because it's when school's out, so it's, like, mm-hmm. not a big deal if it's a longer race for me to attend. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. You get all those races you can in the summer. Yeah, for sure. 
And Nick, as always, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And thanks in advance for all of the editing and your amazing sound engineer. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. It was a good time. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, Nick. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. See everyone later. All right. Bye.